Cinema. Welcome back to War with Cinema. I'm your host, Greg, your local metalhead, and with me is... Par the Collector. What's up, everybody? And we... I gave you 12 Monkeys. 12 Monkeys, starring the great Bruce Willis. And? Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Terry Gilliam. Yep. Who is a different filmography than 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 some major directors i would say yeah um watching the documentary about this movie the making of this movie afterwards which i thought was crazy they literally made they they have two guys that followed him around the entire making of this movie so like anytime he was frustrated or happy or sad about something he turned to his right and these fucking guys were there yeah so if you hadn't watched the movie and you watched just the documentary about the movie being made, it's it adds into the to the lore of it. I guess I would say this movie is a mind fuck. Um, <laughs> the documentary is actually on the Arrow Video Special Editions. Just FYI, if anybody is curious, right? And uh, it's it's not long. I think it's only like an hour, but hour and a half. The uh, the documentary, yeah, yeah. But um, now this movie is a. Uh, it's definitely a mind mind bending thriller, I guess you would say. <laughs> it's a little bit of everything. It's time travel. It's pandemic. It's a little, little, little. Uh, it's one of those movies. You know, we do those every now and then that kind of make mirror real life mm-hmm. for a little bit. Like when we did Parasite, like I was just kept thinking like, or not and the Paras- host. Sorry, not Par- Parasite. The host is yes. exactly what I was about to say. It just felt like a COVID movie. Yeah, I didn't you know realize I mean? it to feel and, so covid uh, <laughs> This This is another one yep. of a mysterious virus fucking kills Why, 5 so billion human. people. And I'm like, holy fuck, here we are. <laughs> 2022 again. This time it was at 97 when the movie like probably fucking came out. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like, wow, dude, I can only imagine watching this fucking movie back then. It would have been funny if they would have put the future like right at 2022. Yeah. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, usually most movies, like all the ones from the 80s are always in like 2020, 2015. You know, but like for some reason in the 90s, they were just like, nah, just make it like five years from now. Just let them. It's going to go real bad that quick. Well, 2035 is the. Oh, that's right. The, the that's present. where they're at. Yeah. Um, it's really far from it. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, this is Terry Gilliam, and I didn't realize I loved him as much as I do. Yeah. You know, he's a part of the Monty Python crew. Yeah, I did not I did not know that going forward, but mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Right. Because um, he, you know, he wrote for it or whatever, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. But he, uh, he's done a few movies that I love, but I didn't know it they were done by him uh fear and loathing in las vegas that's a good one um there was a movie that he did that i have not seen uh i like the, the fisher king you've seen that i've never seen it a long time ago but i remember it was a good movie um he did this movie in brazil that i brought not too long ago because i wanted to watch i've never seen it but apparently i just saw that through the documentary that he um he made that movie and then the studio like cut a shit bunch of it out and yeah. like would only do that. They and changed then, it to a nice ending or whatever. And then he took the whole fucking thing and like did gorilla like showings and like took it to a film festival and then won the film festival. Mm-hmm. So with like, his cut. Yeah, yeah. So like the studio kind of had to go back and eat their, you know, their own words on that one. Yep. So this movie, I didn't know he didn't write this movie. Nothing like that. It's based off of another movie, which is a book, I believe something like that. Yeah. Um, well, there was an original, there's a, a movie that can't, I can't remember the name of the movie. I knew I should have written it down, but it came out in the 1960s and it's a people 
tout it as a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And he said he would not go and watch that movie because he didn't want to take too many things from it and make it feel like a remake. He wanted this to feel like its own thing. I was going to say, I've never seen, obviously I've never seen the original, but um, the pr- the premise of this movie it starts off in the future, Bruce Willis, you know, being a, uh, oh, but anyways, I, I said all that to say that he, he never felt comfortable just directing a movie. He said that he liked to have his hands in the writing and all that. But he said with this one, he knew that if he wanted to make a big budget movie and get the people he wanted and all that, like he was going to have to play ball. So he did. Yeah. His only thing is he wanted full creative. He wanted the final cut, which he didn't have on any of the movies up Mm -hmm. until that point. Right. But, um, and I'm glad because for me, this movie I watched as a kid. I don't know. Again, it's like the fifth element. I saw it a lot as a kid. I don't know if we had it or just rented it a lot, but I remember watching this a lot as a kid. And, uh, I've always loved this movie and then arrow did their release of it. So it gave me a chance to like revisit it. And I'm glad I did because I still love this movie. It is cool. It, it, uh, like I said, it's another one like fifth element, like Bruce Willis never, if you gave me 10 guesses at who was in this movie, I would have never guessed Bruce Willis because mm-hmm. it's just so far out of what he, his wheelhouse, you know? And he technically did this movie for free. Dude, and that was another thing I couldn't believe. They said, hey, well, Brad Pitt was still kind of on the come up. So yeah, for his- him to take a cut ain't that big a deal. But for Bruce Willis, to say, they said Bruce Willis did it for a third of his asking price. He didn't get paid till after the movie was released. Think about this. In 1997, whatever, what year did this movie come out? 95. 95. Okay, I'm off. Yeah, so 95. This is like fucking peak Bruce. Yep. Like, he's probably getting millions. And for him to do it for like a million, whatever. And then I watched the documentary, like I said, and the behind the scenes and him actually like caring, like him talking to Terry, like, look, are we going to leave this ending so ambiguous that they don't know what the fuck's going on? Or are we going to wrap it up to where they can get the message and they get the point and then they leave like, oh, okay, I'm in on it now. Yeah. And like, I just never imagined Bruce Willis giving a fuck about anybody's <laughs> viewing. I'm mean, being honest, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, and because you hear all these stories from well, Kevin I Smith about him not giving a fuck. And I think just that's later in. in his career. This is still early, Bruce. Well, they said the big reason that he did the movie was he really wanted to work with Terry Gilliam, and he wanted to be taken as a serious actor. He didn't want to just be an action guy. He wanted right. to have some range. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie, he does a great job in this movie. Like, I think he kills it. Right, um, I, I agree. I think this is one of his best roles next to, like, Fifth Element. He probably hasn't He probably hasn't showed this much acting chops in a fucking movie since these the, these last couple we did. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I don't know, man, like, it just kind of like, I don't know if he got typecast or what, or maybe he just took the money, but, like, it just seemed like he was always doing the same fucking character. They just changed his name. Right. It was all John McClane, but it was yeah, basically John McClane in fucking space or John kind of like for Liam Neeson right now. Yeah, pretty much. They've put Liam Neeson on every form of transportation in the world. <laughs> like I'm waiting for the submarine movie where he's got to take over the submarine. <laughs> where he rides the dragon. Yeah, Into that that too. Well, actually, I ain't gonna lie. It would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, I would, I would, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> I want to tell you what I do have. <laughs> he's just talking to a dragon. I'll ride you. Let's have a uh, Dragonheart movie, but instead of Sean Connery, Liam Neeson as the dragon. You know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah, right. Like they, he could narrate the shit out of a of a CGI dragon. <laughs> I know you don't watch Star Wars shit very much, but uh, I just watched 
Kenobi and literally the entire six episodes we're waiting to get a fucking flash of Liam Neeson he pops up for literally 32 seconds at the last fucking two frames of the last episode and people were like oh that's fucking amazing and I'm just like man they couldn't afford him for much longer <laughs> Disney's got billions of dollars at their disposal still can't afford I, I want to know how much he got paid for that five minutes bro right because they put him in the fucking hole like he looks like he's straight out of episode one again the ponytail <laughs> the beard everything is like fucking on the money on point and I'm just like man that was probably a million dollars right, right. There. just not just the paying him for it but just getting him to look like that <laughs> And then, of course, they turned him into a fucking force ghost because he's dead. And I was just like, yeah, man. Disney, man, they, they're not afraid to throw that bank around when they need to. Right. You know, you think we couldn't do a fucking Kenobi series. Oh, we'll, we'll watch this. <laughs> they're just fucking. They have more money than God. I was going to say, they got fuck you money at yeah, this point. Yeah, they do. Like, they're, playing, they're playing with all the house money. Because they know even on the worst day, it's still going to make its money back. Yeah, like, they don't care. They have the IP. They show do whatever me, they want. Show me one MCU Disney movie, anything that's that's not how the least made its budget back since John Carter, and that was before they owned Marvel. So like, <laughs> they haven't taken many L's lately. Right. If anything, they fucked themselves up by taking shit out that they, they, they don't have to. I've heard they've been doing that on Disney Plus a lot. Yeah, they keep editing their shows and stuff like that, and taking stuff out of them, which is really weird. And that's why I don't like the streaming platform. You know, Kanye did it with his album. Yeah. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if you go watch like stuff that wasn't theirs, like the Netflix shows. Cause Daredevil and Punisher, you know, those got pretty raw, like as far as like gore and you know blood and shit. Yeah, makes me wonder if they like edited it out at all. Mm, I don't think so. It's mostly from what I've heard anyway. Those old like uh, Disney TV shows, mm. um, they edited those took some stuff out that's what i heard anyway i didn't really look into it because i just don't care that much but it's just shitty that they are doing that yeah i just just leave it alone if it's done it's done but i know but at the same time put your little guiding your little ratings or whatever like shows like i I, even for pinocchio they have on there like depictions of tobacco like they let you know up front like hey your kid could possibly see something that they're not supposed to know or whatever Mm. but we watch that shit as children yeah, but you know what what we talked about this. There's a different climate now. That's very true. Like things hit different now because like, like what were we talking about? I don't remember, but there was a movie and it's like, if I think you we were talking it, about Angus and just like how they like slid in cuss words and like terminology that you wouldn't be allowed to now. Cause he's like, we're those dildos. Like you would never be able to say that. Yeah. Cause in a PG movie now. Right. You know because I mean? it's because it was all over the place back then, but it's not really prolific now. So it's kind of like a culture shock to that kid or whatever. I feel like back in like the day when they would slide adult jokes into kids movies, it was to like let the parents know like, hey, we know you're here. So yeah, we're exactly. not going to let y'all suffer too. Like we're going to throw a joke or two in there for y'all. And not only that, but when you grow up and you watch it, you're like, oh, I get that joke now. Right. Right. But now I feel like they're just like, nope, it's watered down. Play it safe. Yeah. They don't all do that. Like. But, you know, it is what it is. But anyways, so um, before we get to that, I'm going to take a pee real quick. Yeah, go for it. Because uh, I drink too much energy drink and we're back. Uh, another person I wanted to bring up, the person that I remember the most, Brad Pitt. Yeah, man. Um, 95. I mean, that's I feel like seven had to be after this. Uh, I think it was on its they were done shooting it and it was about to be released. But uh, Interview with a Vampire. 
was right. about to be really it got released as they were shooting this movie. I was just saying he didn't have a lot of titles under his belt, but he this is definitely one where I feel like he he showed a lot of what made him great. Did you get to the part of the documentary where he uh he went to the psychiatrist to coach him how to be schizophrenic um, manic, yeah. No, nah, I didn't I didn't get that. And so yeah, he went to a uh psychiatrist to kind of show him. And what do you think about his acting in this movie? It's it's very uh sporadic he did a great job of playing somebody that's so paranoid that like it affects the way they talk um so he he won an academy award for this did he yeah but i was listening to some reviews and they're like he overdid it do you think do you feel that some of the some of the lines like some of the like some of the scenes like when he's Towards the end of the movie, when him and his followers, the rest of the monkeys, like when they're all getting ready to go off on their little, uh, what you think is the the destroying the right, world, humanity, but, yeah. right? But they're just going to release the animals. I think that part where he's dancing around and saying that the psychiatrist wrote down everything about him and paused out every, you know, I think he kind of went a little too overboard on that oh, part because. When he finishes that fucking speech, there's two there's two other guys say something. The black dude says, "You're a fucking uh, you're a god or some shit like that," and the other dude goes, "He is completely fucking insane." And like, <laughs> I don't feel like that was even a line for him. Like he was literally just like, "This guy's fucking insane." Right. Like, and that's what think threw me off. Not that he went too over the top, just the fact that it got to the point where it was like not believable. Like, what fucking idiot would follow this guy? Yeah. into doing something you know this what i mean very true that was my only thought but it was really only that part mm-hmm. you know what i mean um other than that i thought that he was right on point for where the movie was yeah um, because um for me there was one person that was like manics don't act like this and i've been around some people that acted just like brad pitt mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> i think what it is is because everyone manic people have uh ticks Mm-hmm. And Brad I was Pitt, just about to say he did a fantastic job. The chewing on his fingers—that's the thing—is like he took too many ticks. He took ticks yeah. from like a lot of different manics and kind of meshed them into one, so it made it feel a little over the top. But I enjoyed it. It doesn't. It's a movie. It's for entertainment pers- purposes. It's right. not a documentary about manic. People. If maybe if this was like his only acting style, like this is all you got from everything he did, but like you don't see another one like this. No, and this is why it stands done. out for me. It's like, what's your favorite Brad Pitt movie? It's like. 12 monkeys i loved him in that but i really like eccentric people and eccentric mm. acting so i don't know uh if it's my favorite brad pitt um it's really good yeah um, it's just the one that my mind always goes to even though he's not really doing much in those movies i always enjoyed him in the oceans movies mm-hmm. um but if we're talking about one where he's the guy like he's the main actor probably fight club Fight Club's great. It's definitely in my top three. Um, I'm a big fan of Moneyball. I think he's yes, great. 100%. I think he's great. I think he's great in Moneyball. Um, yeah, he almost gets overshadowed by uh, well, Jonah, Jonah Hill, Hill. Jonah Hill did a great job in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it's one of those movies that it, like, it reminds you, like, oh, this guy can fucking act. He's not just a pretty boy. He was great in that movie. Um, and I don't know, man. Like Some of the action movies he's done, I'm just not a big fan of. Like I did not like World War Z. I didn't, I didn't watch I didn't, it because it just didn't care. I just, it's definitely at the peak of the zombie movies. And yeah. It's like, we're so done with this. Some people say that that is what killed the zombie genre. Like, if it wasn't for Walking Dead, World War Z would have ruined it. Yeah, I, I think that's true. A statement. 
They keep trying to make a fucking second one. They went through like three directors. Brad Pitt's like, I'm still down. Like, yeah. I got nothing going on. Like, um, Mr. and Miss Smith's another one. Like, it's a good movie, but like, I don't feel like he's doing anything in it that's just like ridiculously. No, but for some reason, I'm so entertained by that movie. That's because of the sexual tension, bro. Right. Like, it's by the end of it, you're like, God, did they fuck in real life? Like, I hope they fucked in real life. They fucked like, on set. They had to have. He left Jennifer Aniston because of that movie. Yes. Like, him and her both. She left Billy Bob out in the wind over this movie. <laughs> you felt. That kitchen scene? Like, if that, I guarantee you when he yelled cut, they were like, everybody leave yes. now. <laughs> this is going to happen. And they fucked for real. Right yes. there on all that fucking utensils and all that. Yeah, it definitely shines through. Um. Yeah, and I think that's why that movie still to this day, like they're not even fucking together anymore, but people are like, God damn, that's hot. It's one of those scenes that like when you finishes, you're like smoking a cigarette like you just came. And yeah, you yeah. have a hard on. Uh, what was that movie where the grandpa stands up and he just has a hard on? Like, Oh, fucking road trip. Oh, road trip. <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? Cut it off. <laughs> He's watching the Be So Horny video. Right. Shit's <laughs> hilarious. Um, um. Uh, the yeah, curious case of, of Benjamin Button. Boring as shit. But I mean, he, he, he's doing it. Like, he does fine. That's another one. Like, Meet Joe Black. Like, that's a good movie, man. But like, I was going to say, I've never seen it. I it's just a- don't care. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those movies that, like I saw young and then, like, I tried watching it again and I'm still like, I just still don't give a fuck. Like, I don't know. But people say it's just like this fantastic movie, you know? Yeah, all right. Um, so 12 monkeys you said you saw this as a kid you haven't seen it since so it's been like 20 years right what did you think of it this time around i'll be honest with you when i was watching it this time through i really only remembered the initial scene when he goes to the crazy house same i I thought that was the whole movie i I really did i thought he spent an hour and a half in that fucking room dude (laughs) i really did and i think that's what threw me off as a kid because i was just like oh i'm not supposed to see shit like this so like i just walked out Right, and I was uh, thinking the same thing. I was like, "There's a whole lot more movie here than I a remember." Fuck ton of movie, yeah, exactly. Um, but it is a great scene because it, you know what? It reminded me a lot of uh, the scene of Hell from Jacob's Ladder mm-hmm. because like everybody in there is like fucking off, and then the one guy that sounds like he knows what he's talking about, fucking Bruce Willis, looks down and he's wearing fucking fuzzy bunny slippers, right? And like, oh wait, you're fucking crazy yeah, too. You're fucking insane. But he does make it like. That's the scariest thing about this movie to me, in my opinion, is the fact that every every insane asylum, every, you know, mental whatever in the country, like, you know that that's the saddest part is there are people in there that 115% believe that they're not fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, y'all just don't understand what I'm telling you. You know what I mean? And that would be the scariest part, knowing that you're not fucking crazy, but like, there's nothing, there's nobody to tell. Right. Because nobody's going to believe what you have to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And obviously, you know, him being a time traveler, that kind of fucking like nobody's really going to fucking believe you. you That's the part I mean? that I like had a gripe with the movie is why are you time traveling and then spouting off that you're a time traveler? Like, don't you think people are going to think you're fucking insane? Well, I think he thought the first time I think what fucked him up so much was what they sent him way too fucking far back. Mm-hmm. They sent him in 90. And I think that they built it into his head that like, look, we're sending you right when the shit's about to go down. Yeah. So you need to go out there, get a couple samples, and then we're going to bring you back. Right. But instead he fights cops and gets his cell. Right. Because they sent him fucking six years ahead of when it's supposed to go down. Mm-hmm. So 
I think that, you know, I mean, obviously you just came out of a fucking plastic tube. They sent you back a decade or 30 years, whatever it was. And the first thing you come in contact with is five dudes with guns and badges telling you you're fucking crazy. Get on the fucking ground. I mean, I get it. The dude probably attacked (laughs) the shit out of him because he's thinking that there ain't going to be nothing. Nobody left, you know, or it's going to be mass hysteria is what I think he was waiting on. Yeah, that's But when he came back and it was just days like day, everything is normal. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, they did a good job of painting like the world was headed towards the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like if that was a normal police station, they got dudes down there chained in the fucking basement with sheets on and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just, they're not going to treat people like that now, (laughs) no matter how many people you fucking killed or put in, you know what I'm saying? That's very true. You're going to be restrained in a fucking chair by yourself, all that jazz, but you're not going to be half fucking naked chained to the floor with these like barbaric chains and shit but yeah treating him like he's a fucking ape it, pretty much what they did and yeah. then like i don't know how much he got paid for the drooling in this movie but he drools he like drools a, a lot he drools like an all-american in this movie he's drools like a, and butts like I that's all you get from bruce willis in this movie i have not seen so i was just about to say bro that's probably my biggest gripe how many times do we need to watch this dude get scrubbed down <laughs> I swear to God, bro, it's within like 25 minutes. We watch this guy get scrubbed down four times, bro, with a brush, with a fucking fire hose. I'm just like, all right, man. Like, We get it. He needs a bath. Bruce Willis was working on his back a lot because he wanted you to know that that ass and that back is all him. Speaking of, I'm so glad you said that. Bruce Willis had a gym on a semi that followed them around. That makes sense. This motherfucker is so extra because Terry Gilliam said he didn't want him to bring any of his Bruce Willis-isms mm. to the set or whatever, but he allowed him to have his gym follow them around so he could always be able to work out whenever he wanted to. And Terry Gilliam's like, he didn't ever use it, but it was there. <laughs> I got Die Hard 4 after this. I got to stay in shape. Right. Bro. That you was the saying? craziest thing I've ever seen. But I just wanted to mention that because it was hilarious to me. You know what I remember thinking when I was a kid and seeing this movie? Like, this was the first time we got to see Bruce Willis's real hair. True, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I'm going to be honest. After, like, the 80s, I don't know how much of that is a wig and how much of that is really Bruce. <laughs> because, like, I think he kills it as a bald dude. You he know, does, yeah. Later, he has a nice head. Life, you know? He's got the right shaped head for that. He does. We've talked about that before. Like, if you got a fucking dented dome, you're going to hold on to it. You know what I mean? Whatever you got. Yeah. But he's got a great, but like now, like when I watch this movie, I'm thinking like, oh, it's Bruce Willis. That's how he should look. You know, <laughs> and then you go back and watch Die Hard. You're like, yeah, probably should be bald. Go. You should be bald, right. bro. But uh, yeah, I just remember like, I was like, why the fuck do we keep watching him get made? <laughs> 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 but uh, so he goes back to 1990. Uh, the, the the scientists is what they call them. They're the people running the, the world. Right. Which, uh. It's another thing is like you don't see a lot of him in the future, but I thought it was really cool showing like how everybody lives underground. Everybody's just like packed in there like rats, you know. What did you think of the way the future looked? I thought it was very T2-ish. You know what I'm saying? Like a very good dystopian future. I mean, just as good as any other one you've seen, you know. Yeah, I'm glad I watched the documentary because the, the studio only gave them 39 million to do this movie. Wow. And the, so they had to find like scraps to get together to like make the future. And right. I thought it was really cool. Like the chair, the in, uh, investigator interrogation. Chair. Yeah. I thought that was weird. They jacked him up like 10 feet in there. Yeah. Like that was the most expensive thing that they made on set. But what's crazy about it is 
there was an artist that made something similar and he sued them and won. So they actually had to pay him likeness rights for the chair for the chair and kept it in the movie. So, well, I guess uh, they call it volunteer work at him and the guy that lives in the cage next to him. uh, Who's actually been in other stuff too. I forget his name. Uh, Juan Seta. He's actually been a lot of good stuff. Um, He's kind of like the token Latin guy in the 90s movies. So where I feel like he was in uh, The Rock, I believe. Was he? No, I'm thinking of uh, Oz. He played Dino. He gets killed first episode. Mm. But anyways, he's a, he's a good actor. But uh, So he tells him, like, yeah, they said they're taking volunteers and they said your name. And he's like... I heard that they're all right. Like they're not all die. He's like, yeah, he's like, that's why you see so many of them after they're done volunteering. He goes, I heard they keep them on the seventh floor. He's like, you don't know they keep them up there. He's like, they're all just brainless, you know, mindless things. So I'm thinking that this is where the movie's going to go with the time travel aspect. But no, they just put him in these, like pretty much wrap them up in saran wrap and uh, put a little respirator on him, send him up there. And I don't know why I thought like, I was just going to see like a bunch of like, fucking which i mean the buildings are on point you know they're all tore up everything's the animals have taken over all that good jazz mm-hmm. the snow right like, i'm thinking to myself like why can't you people live up top because of the snow like <laughs> i don't know i just expected like there to be like scorched earth or something but like it just looked like a, a abandoned city like why couldn't y'all move back up is the air that bad you know like i think it's because they're not sure because they it, didn't it give, did wipe out the whole population right, the virus or whatever but i'm assuming like this is 30 years later like even radiation and shit eventually goes away from places that have had bombs dropped on them mm-hmm. like i don't know i just think it didn't really give you a lot of information on like why they were all underground and like i don't know yeah the I guess virus and all that but i think they were just scared maybe it's little nitpicks yeah. and then um but that's the thing, though. Like, these people aren't smart enough to figure out how to live on Earth again, but they can send people back in fucking time. Like, that's my whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because they didn't just do it once. And then, I mean, they fucked up pretty good the first time. Like, you send them back six years too far. Yeah. Well, then they fuck up again later in the movie. Yeah, and then they send, send them, them back to-, to World War One. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? That threw me off, too. Like, and then they sent his homeboy back, too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he fucking died out there or, or didn't die. But, like, yeah. He didn't speak any fucking French. He spoke perfect English. You're like, yeah, that that's something. <laughs> and then Bruce Willis just pops up fucking naked. Naked. Takes a bullet and then he's out. You know. But he doesn't go back to the future. He goes to 19 fucking 96. Like, <laughs> way out there, dude. Yeah. Yeah, the time travel aspect of this movie, folks, it's flawed as fuck. Like, yeah, yeah, you uh, don't think about it too hard. But that fucking movie we did that that was made for ten grand had a better fucking time travel plot. Than- but the one part that I did enjoy the movie with the time travel and everything is because it's so disjointed. It's like that on purpose because right. he does go to the insane asylum. They tell him he's crazy, mm-hmm. and then near the middle slash end of the movie, he's like, "Maybe I am crazy." And then you start to doubt it too. Like, what right. if he is crazy? Right, right, right. What if he's making up all this time travel shit? And that's when it starts implanting those doubts into your head. Um, what's her name? Uh, Madeline Stowe. She does a fantastic oh, job in this yeah, movie. She's, she's the one that keeps it all together. She's mm-hmm. the glue of the movie. I feel like because he kidnaps her the second time he comes back. Right, and he's like, "Look, I'm not fucking crazy." They sent me back. Like, I need to figure out what the fuck's gonna happen. I know where it's gonna happen. We got to go investigate. And she's like, 
no, you're fucking nuts. Like we got to find, we got to find Russell Grove or uh, Grove Groves, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Groves, Grove Goins. Yeah, Goins. Goins. He said we got to find Goins. He's the one that releases the Twelve Monkeys. Da 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 da. Right. And as she's going, like the first half of the trip, she's just like, "This guy's fucking insane. He's made all this shit up in his head." Y'all were patients together. You escaped. Which was kind of cool, like, because that's what left it up, because, like, she didn't remember him escaping. He doesn't remember escaping. That's because he just went back to the future, I guess. Right. So the second time around, like, they go and they find this place because he's like, that's his thing. He keeps ripping down shit and finds the, the thing for the 12 monkeys. Because at the beginning, when he's up there originally foraging, he finds a sign that says, we did it. It's got the 12 monkeys logo. Mm-hmm. So everything points to the fact that this terrorist group, the 12 monkeys, they're the ones that started everything. They're the ones that released the virus. So he thinks he's got to get to Brad Pitt because it's kind of crazy if you think about it, because he kind of created his own villain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because Brad Pitt was just a fucking rich kid that was insane. And then this fucking science island. But the fact that they were in the same one together and Brad Pitt believed him. That yeah, he implanted the yeah. the thing into his head. Like, He's like, you want to kill all mankind? He's like, that's a good idea. He goes, that's mm-hmm. that'll be beneficial. He's like, but you got to do it a different way or whatever. But like, he right. planted that seed and then left. He started the whole like that's what the brilliance of the movie is like. It's kind of the grandfather complex, but it sets everything in motion. You know, it's just a t- it's just a loop, honestly. Oh yeah, dude, it reminded me of like Memento a little bit. Yeah. Not obviously the the past and all that, but um, but yeah. And then the only dream he has is he sees the doctor running towards a guy with a mustache and long hair with his briefcase, and he gets shot. And he saw this as a kid, which is even more fucked up that he saw his own life end. Yep. Over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Still didn't do shit to prevent it, but that's not my place, I guess. Yeah. So. About halfway through the trip, you know, they, they, they find this place where these guys and the, they're going to like rape the lady. So he fucking goes future fucking killer on him, stomps his fucking dude's head in. And uh, she's like, well, you're fucking clearly insane. So she's like going to escape. But like he finds another clue and another clue. And then she's like, holy shit, he might not be fucking crazy. He might yeah. be telling the truth. Because then there's that kid stuck in the well and he's like, he's not stuck in the well. He's in the barn. And then later on, she yeah. sees where they find the kid in the barn. Right. So she's like, oh, shit. She's like, that could have been, that might have been coincidence or whatever. But then uh, she, um, she's like, why are you fucking limping? He's like, I got shot. And she's like, you got fucking shot. Like, you're going to die. Like, so they stop off. And that's kind of like a good scene because it shows that like she's actually starting to sympathize with him and you don't know if it's Stockholm syndrome or like she's actually starting to believe him. Right. And we're on this ride too. And like I said, that's probably the best part of the movie because you're just, you want to know, like it keeps you, it keeps you guessing. Like, is he really time traveling? Is he actually crazy? You're not really sure. Like exactly. Mm -hmm. Is this all fucking simulation in the matrix? Like we don't know at this point, right? but you want to keep finding out and like little sim things. But anyway, she pulls the bullet out. You look at the bullet, you know it's like an old ass bullet. Yeah. But like she doesn't think anything of it. Well they get uh they go to this like fancy house where Christopher Plummer more fucking fantastic acting, British as shit, but this guy throws on a perfect fucking southern accent for this movie. 
<laughs> um, and he just passed away. Or is he still alive? Oh, he passed away in 2001, 2021. I was going to say, I think if he did die, it was, it was recent, but yeah. he was in that movie, uh, all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. All and, right. There you and, uh, I've never seen it. He was great. He okay. plays a good, uh, plays a good, good, good part in that. Right. Real asshole. Um, anyway, so they break into Christopher Plummer's house because he is the head of a huge, um, like chemical science. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They make product like skincare products and shit like that. Right. Well, so it turns out that Brad Pitt wasn't lying. Like he really is like this like rich, uh, you know, trust fund baby mm-hmm. that was just like stuck there until his dad could like find out, get him out or whatever. I love that when they're carrying him away and the final thing, wait till my father hears about this. When my father walks, the ground shakes. Like, yeah. That's the funny part is you think he's crazy. And then you find out later that, Oh shit, he's not kidding. Yeah, like, he was like, Once my father finds out I'm being taken here, he's like, I'm going to go to a place where they treat you well. Yeah. Like, they treat you good. <laughs> um, and he's like slapping the fucking crazy people around. Like he did a great job of like using everybody. Get out of my fucking chair. Like, you know, he just, like you said, he might have used too many or whatever, but like it, it, I thought it fit all well into the character. Like I said, it's a movie. It's like supposed to be entertaining, and he entertained the fuck out of me, so I like it. Watching him jump from bed to bed, and then the guy that he's laying in the bed talking to Bruce Willis wakes up, and he just smacks him like, "Shut up, I'm gonna lay on you," <laughs> and like continues this conversation. Like little bits like that, I was just like, "All right, well." That's why like Brad Pitt is who he is yes. now because you see the little things that he added in to every character. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to this party and he thinks that it's the dad that's going to like do all this, but then he figures out that it's going to be Brad Pitt is the one that does it. So at first he gets in there and he, he gets in there and, he, and they pull him in and like, this guy says he knows you. He says it's an emergency. And he like, walks out of He's like, never seen this guy before in my life. He's like, torture him, do whatever y'all got to do to him. And he's like, he's like, I'm here about the 12 monkeys. And he's like, Joe. <laughs> that was another thing I was you wondering. You look like shit. That thing with his eye. Did yeah, he do like, that or did he have to put like a. I think it's like a contact. Okay. I was about to say, cause one eye was fucking dancing. Yeah. This whole movie. And then I, it made me think because uh, Christian Bale has something like that. Christian Bale has a mole right here on the side of his nose, mm-hmm. right beside his eye. And you don't really notice it until somebody points it out. And then you can't ever unsee it. And then I was like, I wonder if this is like Brad Pitt's thing. Like, and you don't really notice it that often. Shout out to uh, to Christian Bale. I can't wait to see him in the new Thor. He looks like he's going to be a badass villain. Yeah. Gore the God Butcher. That mm-hmm. just sounds cool. Yeah, right. Um. Another fun fact about Christian Bale is he said he won't play Batman again unless, unless Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan asked him. Yep. Which pretty much Christopher Nolan said he's done with Batman. He's not doing anything. But I hold with out. With enough money. I hold out hope. But maybe one day we can I don't, say. I, I don't want that. I don't think that they should add on to their trilogy. Yeah. But like if they a did like alone. a. Yeah. If they did like a Batman. Uh, Batman Beyond. You know, I would be all right with watching Christian Bale as an old old Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Everybody always goes Keaton, and don't get me wrong, Keaton's a bad motherfucker. That's pretty much the reason I was looking forward to the Flash movie is because I wanted to see him in the suit again. But uh, if they went a different route with it, I'd be okay. I think Christian Bale would kill it as old Bruce. Um, I kind of like the, uh, uh, what's his name? 
Oh, we talk about him so much. I can't think of his fucking name. Affleck. Yes, thank you. Affleck's Batman. I like how beefy and I like I like Bat I like Batfleck. Everybody, yeah. uh, some people shit on it, but I, I think he did the best he could do yeah. with what he had. And he just like looks the part. Like, see, I was gonna say, dude, like he just looks like Bruce Wayne, and like when like he was old Bruce. when he was fucking yak, dude, yes. like CrossFit Batman was killing it, dude. I don't give a fuck what they said. Well, I could watch that man beat that fucking semi truck tire with that sledgehammer all day, dude. He was. <laughs> Un- unrealishly jacked for a dude that's that like if he wasn't roided out bro like impressive yeah because i mean ben affleck's like 50 and he's fucking still swole like that like mm-hmm. those muscles were spray painted on but he's out there living that shit it's like they just recorded his workouts and they just turned down the lighting like yeah, we just gotta yeah, yeah. make it darker yeah turn down the lighting put some grain on here Spray some fucking silver into the Desaturated a little bit. Boom. Now it's Batman. Workout. <laughs> um, speaking of, I don't mean to get off topic. Uh, do you watch wrestling? Have you watched wrestling? Um, once in a blue moon. Like, I've not since the 90s have I watched it. Watched you know it. Sting? I do know Sting. You know he's still wrestling in his 60s? You know he's still fucking killing it? He's jumping off top ropes onto guys in his 60s? Like, talking about somebody that's old and killing it. Shout out to Sting. Yeah, for sure. Um, From what I hear, he's like pretty much running AEW. Yeah. Does whatever the fuck he wants. They treat him like a king, which they should. Yeah. Um, Well deserved. I was going to say, I think he's only stayed going this long as a fuck you to Vince McMahon. You think so? I do because like Vince. I think he's the real incarnation of the wrestler movie. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, he just—I don't think he ever really liked Vince McMahon, and I don't think he ever felt like he did right by him. Because that's like when everybody went when he went to AEW, I was like, well, that's the end of Sting. Yeah, this is gonna be fucking. But now he's elevated it to like between him and that other fucking dude, I forget his name. I think it's AJ Styles. Like they've taken AEW to like a fucking Yes, they are just as big as the other wrestling ones now. I was going to say a buddy of mine is still into that shit like he's 12. He wears a wrestling shirt to work every day. Yeah, there's a guy at work. That's the only reason I'm bringing this up cuz right. shout out to Tyler. I don't know if you're going to listen to this, but he talks about wrestling all the time and he keeps me updated to Sting. Yeah, shout out to my boy Clark. He's every day. And I'm not talking about the cheap old shirts. Like I'm talking about these 40-50 shirts. Right. Uh, he's wearing them to work but (laughs) But uh, it's not a tangent i want to keep going on it was just a weird movie to bring it up on but you were talking about old men that are killing it and i just oh yeah shout out sting Sting. he's a he's a hall of famer and a legend for sure (laughs) right but yeah he was like i gotta get home aw's on tonight i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) like it just still it's crazy to me that people still love wrestling that much but like i said i think it's cool because i get it the reason why people love wrestling as an adult is the same reason why I collect comic books. And yeah, we all have our thing. You know what I'm saying? Like if it makes you feel young, it makes you happy. Fucking do it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what that is. But back to 12 monkeys, the, um, (laughs) we got that just from, uh, Brad Pitt's eye. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, it's insane. The fucking paths we just carve out, but like we get back to the road. But right. I'm just like, it's just funny because we've we've been doing this that long that we could do that for ten minutes and right. then still come back, <laughs> come back to the movie. <laughs> so they're on the run. Uh, he goes and talks to Brad Pitt, and when they find out, Brad Pitt pretty much tells him he won't tell him anything. Honestly, mm-hmm. like he keeps asking him questions, and like Brad Pitt doesn't fucking know what he's talking about, but he's not letting him on because all his in his mind is they're gonna break down the, the they're gonna destroy his father's company by releasing all these fucking animals mm-hmm. and stuff 
And I thought that's how the virus gets spread. You know, maybe the, one the of the monkey animals. Yeah, because yeah. they keep leading up. They keep showing you pictures of monkeys in cages. Monkeypox. Or fucking uh, AIDS or outbreak. I keep thinking of the monkey from outbreak. Every time they showed it, I was just like, oh, okay. Or maybe the lion or the bear or whatever. Because you yeah. see all the animals. No. So, they kick him out, and then that's when him and the lady, she, you think he kills her, which I don't know what that scene's about, because he's, like, grabbing her, and she's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And they're like, the one girl's mutilated in the woods, and then they can't find her, so you're led to believe that he, like, fucking murdered her and left her in the woods and all that. But oh, right, He right, just right. puts her in the fucking trunk. Yeah. And I don't understand what that was about. Like, I think he, I was thinking about this, too, because I'm like, why did he do that? And I think he was just trying to keep her there protect her yeah making sure she's not going to go anywhere it was a way of yeah maybe maybe i don't know but But, uh the um so anyway so she's pretty much like you're fucking insane you've made this in your head like you need to fucking surrender Mm -hmm. and he just gets up and he's like kicking he's like i love it here he's like i don't want to fucking go back like i love the air i love the water i could stay here forever and then she turns around as soon as the cops are getting there and he's gone so, once again, she's like, what the fuck? This guy just disappears. So, it shows her next. Which, shout out to my boy uh, from fucking SVU. Pops up, plays a cop in this for five minutes. <laughs> or I guess he's a fed, or I don't know. But yeah. like, he's just playing another law enforcement agent. Um, And he's like, you're, uh, so you're, you're, you're telling me you didn't have anything to do with this. You know, like, Stockholm's obviously got into your ass, like... You, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, that's what all victims say. It's right. like, they treated me well. You know, I think that this is, you know, you're just in an extreme situation and you're just making it seem like he wasn't that bad of a guy. Right. So then you fast forward it. He goes back to the future and they're all like, uh, they're all like, congratulations. You got your pardon, this and that. And he's like, I'm fucking crazy. None of y'all are real. You know, he's just over it now. Like, Is this when he's like in the, in the bed. bed with the fucking... That's the one that I didn't understand. It had the uh, picture hanging above him. It's mm. very Terry Gilliam. But I just didn't I love understand how what under that the, meant. I love how under the hospital blanket, there's like a fucking like ro- rocket ship, like a little kid's blanket. I don't know if you noticed it. It's very... I don't think I did notice yeah, it. Yeah, it's very eerie. Because like <laughs> they're telling him that he's like, you did your job, but you know, you're pissing us off. Like you need to be quiet. And he's like, I don't care about any of that shit. And they like tuck him in. And when they pull it up, that's when you see the little rocket ship. And I'm like, oh God, dude. Very, very creepy. So then they got him back in the interrogation chair and he's like, He's like, I, I'm very good at what I do. I can help you finish this. He's like, I just need to go back again. And they're like, you said we weren't real. They're like, your mind is fucked. You don't even know what you're doing anymore. And he's like, that's not true. I still got it together. Like, I know what's real now, you know, this and that. Right. So he's just lying to them. Yeah. To get to go back. To yeah. get to go back. Because he realizes that only thing he cares about is her. You know, he doesn't want, you know, because he keeps seeing her in his dreams. He keeps, he's like, in the whole movie, she's like, I know you from somewhere. Right, right. You know, and so like, it's kind of like a, a But that's another of, part. Like, I mean, we're jumping around anyway, but whenever she's like, I know I remember you, but she doesn't see this until later in the movie. So how does she remember him if it hasn't happened yet? It's kind of like a deja vu, I feel like. But a deja preview? That's the only part of the movie that I was like, hmm, but it's time travel, so you can't think about it too hard. I was about to say, like, you know, the time travel thing, maybe, it, and that's another thing that I was thinking, like, 
they don't really go into it, but I would just imagine like their time travel looks so primitive, like so brand new. Like they were still working out all the kinks that like, who knows what this was doing to this guy's fucking mind. He probably was going crazy. You know what I mean? It could have been turning this shit to to mashed potatoes. You know what I'm saying? Because, Mm -hmm. and then when he went to the past, they doped him up full of fucking drugs and everything because they thought he was a crazy person that the, this may be the strongest character in all of Canon of any Canon. Because I mean, if you look at what they did to him versus how he kept moving, and then, like, when you think he was down, he just fucking attack. I remember he takes down, like, five of those fucking... Uh, Security guards. Right, or, uh, yeah. yeah. And, like, he's breaking them up and all that shit, and they got to fucking shoot him up again to, to put him down. They're like, should have put down a fucking horse. Like, <laughs> this guy's the strongest motherfucker ever. Yeah. Um. So people in 2035 are fucking Terminators. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I think... So when he comes back the third time, she gets a call from the feds right before she sees him. And they're like, that bullet we pulled out of your friend is from 1917. And she's like, what? It's fucking impossible. And then you hear the, the report on the news that the boy was in the barn. He wasn't in the thing. It was just a hoax. Yeah. And she looks at this picture from, you know, World War One, and you see him stretched out, you know. Because uh, his friend gets shot, too. Yeah, his friend gets shot. But someone in 1917 has a camera somehow. I mean, they did take pictures back then. Not in the dark. It Probably not that it. clear either. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. Like I said, there's things you can nitpick all day with the time travel. You can. You just have uh, to. Le- you have to have fun with this movie. Don't think about it too hard, because it's just like this movie is very visionary. Mm-hmm. Like Terry Gilliam, very much has a vision with everything he does, and I love it so. Well, Charles Roven, he did a lot of that documentary too, and he said that I think Terry is getting to make the movie that Terry wants, but Terry's also playing ball. Yeah, he goes, and I told him that that's what you got to do. He goes, you can do what you want, but you got to within. Yeah, it's a it's a catch twenty two because Terry Gilliam wants to make movies that he wants to make, but he can't afford to make them, so he needs the money from the studios. studios. So you have to play ball a little bit in order to have that. Another thing I thought was crazy was the fact that he didn't pick any of these people. He didn't pick Bruce Willis. He didn't pick Brad Pitt. He didn't pick Stowe. He didn't pick any of these people. They were given to him yeah. by the studio. The fact that Bruce Willis wanted to work with him as much as he did. Yeah, it's obviously, just a, I mean, the fact that he took a third of, of his normal pay to do it lets you know that they all believed in the script. You know, they mm-hmm. all believed in it, which. And I love too all the people that worked on the movie. They did not want to change anything about this movie. They did test screenings and the test screenings didn't go very well. They changed little things, like took a couple little things out. But for the most part, this movie is made exactly how they wanted it to be made. And I appreciate that. Like, I love that. People- well, that's what I that's what I thought was so crazy about when Bruce Willis was in there, because like, I don't even it doesn't even look like he knows he's being filmed. Because like I don't, I just don't ever picture Bruce Willis saying, "Do you think that they're going to get it, or do you think we're going to have to spoon feed it to him?" Like right. that doesn't seem like anything that would come across Bruce Willis's mind. Did my check clear? All right, we're good. That's yeah, that's you how know we, what I'm saying. Yeah. But this, I think that's probably why I liked it as much as I did was just because like it's probably one of the last movies that he gave a fuck. Mm-hmm. You know if that makes any sense. But like between this Hudson Hawk and like Fifth Element, I would say anything after like '98. Yeah. He really stopped giving a shit. Um, he's had a couple gems after that, but not as definitely not as many. It's as definitely not as creatively out there. Anymore. I mean, I say this. Uh, we've said it before that the the, the fourth Die Hard 
I think it's the best one mm -hmm. other than the original, the one with him and Justin Long. Right. And that was something that was classic, but they found a way to keep it going and make it fun for the next generation. Yeah. I mean, with I don't, the fifth Die Hard, it was like they went completely backwards. They just took all the plot out of it. I didn't watch anything after uh, it's the like, fourth one. What so. crazy fucking shit can we put John McClane through in this fifth one? And they literally, just, and then they threw Jai Courtney in there. I don't know. <laughs> this, I know he quit acting, but I, he had a lot of movies in the works because I just pulled up his IMDb. The problem is he was doing all these fucking B movies, man. Like, right. But these are all in post-production. So he shot all these movies already. Damn. He must've saw it coming. Well, you know, he has like issues. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think he saw his health was going to get set to the point where he couldn't do it anymore. It wasn't him. It was his family. Damn. Okay. All these are coming out. No, these are all, oh, all already out. Yeah. yeah. I love death wish, man. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the Charles Brunson ones, but like Bronson ones, but I, I like the Eli Roth one with him. I enjoyed it. Looper. I heard I like, it wasn't great. The, the death wish. I didn't watch it cause I heard it wasn't great, but I was trying to find the last movie that he did that I really enjoyed and Looper. I really enjoyed Looper. I love Looper too. Yeah. Um, red. I like the reds. I didn't see it. Cop out. God, I love cop out. Why? You know why? <laughs> but anyway, my boy Kevin did it. Yeah, I mean it's, it's oh sixteen blocks is a banger too. Sin City, I keep forgetting he was in yeah, that. He did good a good job that. in that. Hostage isn't bad. I didn't see that. But anyway, I forgot he's in Ocean's Twelve for like two seconds because <laughs> he wanted too much money. But uh, is that Bruce Willis? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was too fast. But uh, yeah, the, so when he comes back the third time, she's just figured out all these little these little uh, facts about him, and that he's how crazy is it that they're all true? Yeah, know? he's probably telling the truth. But this is where he starts thinking he's actually crazy, and mm. he doesn't believe he's time traveling. He just believes, you know, he's well. He told he told her he said I just, I just told her whatever. He's like I want to get help. He's like I know that I'm fucking insane, right. and I want you to help me. So he's like trying to tell the cops, like, I'm fucking crazy. Come get me, you know? And then now she's like, she, now she's like, you're a time traveler. <laughs> yeah. Now she's like fully fucking drinking the Kool Aid. So it's pretty cool because it's like you see him go from being the irrational fucking loony to her. Yeah. You know? And then I'm thinking, like, wow, is this how it's going to end? Is like her fucking being the one in the mental institution? And like he's the one, let's her doctor or some shit. Like I didn't know where it was going at this point. You right. Know? Um, so they 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 run around and she's like she's like with the phone number she's like the phone number you gave right. me that would have been wrong then but it should be right now because it's about to happen he's like he can go and do whatever she wants and uh, she said it's a uh, she said it's a, a a floor cleaning company carpet cleaning company carpet yeah. cleaning company and I told him everything and then she That's gets to the last part of it she's like I told him you yeah, have a merry Christmas he's like I got your message yeah. And then that's when he's like, fuck, it is real. Well, that's how they find out about the 12 monkeys is because right. she says it in her uh, in her message, <laughs> thinking it was a goof or whatever. So, and Well, that's like the last it. thing he sees before is it says she spray paints that shit on that window. Mm -hmm. He's like, I've seen that before. And like, like I said, it's like all there, but it's like he doesn't know what to believe. Like it's got to the point where even he doesn't know anymore. Right. And uh, 
So after that, they um they find out that they just let all the animals go. They didn't they, they didn't release the virus. They they, just, they didn't kill anybody. They just did that. So mm-hmm. he makes a. Uh, but because of the time travel, um, because of him, she comes up with this theory and then writes a book around this theory mm-hmm. and she's doing a book signing and the scientist is telling him, like, I really enjoy your views on the apocalypse or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, what? she's actually the one that started that put the seed in that guy's head to yeah. start the apocalypse. And she's just saying like all the places that the virus started, and then of course it cuts the old boy buying a fucking plane ticket to all those places, to all those places, right? In his briefcase, mm-hmm. and uh, so if Bruce Willis wouldn't have traveled back in time, he wouldn't have given her the idea to write the book that would have planted the idea in this guy's head to start the apocalypse, and it would have never happened. It's one big fucking Mandela effect, the whole thing. <laughs> shouldn't have went back but we did go back and when we went back we shouldn't have did it but we did it anyways yep it's pretty crazy it is a great it is like you know when you're saying it out loud it feels fucking insane but that's kind of the point of the movie is like it throws all this at you in pieces and then like you're putting it together with the character and that's what i love about it It is the jigsaw that you're putting together with the movie and the characters well that's why i said it made me it made me think of like memento because it's like you're on this journey with the guy like you Mm -hmm. don't even know you know what i mean this is one of those movies now like if i go back and watch it again well i still enjoy it as much this time around because now i'm in on it like i know how it goes Mm mm-hmm um, it's it, the thing about it though is it's a nice it's a cool ride right. it's fun to just ride with the movie because it's so dense like Terry Gilliam sh- smashes so much into this movie that it know, really does like even the hamster thing I didn't even notice until mm-hmm. he fucking talks about it in the documentary yeah. uh, just all these little things that he puts in every scene that oh. you don't think about a lot of imagery yes a lot of imagery a lot of imagery uh the cuts to the monkeys and then the people in cages and it just it all fits yeah um shot very well but uh so they get to the finals to the final scene and it's they're at the airport and he's like this is my dream this is what i remember so he makes a phone call while she's getting uh their plane tickets and he leaves a phone message saying, look, it wasn't the 12 monkeys. It wasn't that I'm going to try to stop him. So he runs into his homeboy from the past and he gives him a gun and he's like, look, you need to take this gun. He's like, they said no more fuck ups. Like it's time to do this shit. And, uh, he's like, just leave me alone. Like, just fucking leave me alone. He's like, you got to do it, man. He takes the gun from him and, uh, they see the dude coming you know what kills me man they fucking stopped him at security like in what fucking world are they letting that guy on a plane with bio like you know what i'm saying i was thinking that too like i don't give a fuck what decade we're in bro like fucking national security was yeah i know this was 1995 six years before 9-11 yeah exactly but but. i can't see them just letting him on a plane with that shit and then they got him open it dude when there's fucking tubes and mechanisms and shit that need to be taken off to see what's in it that guy was driving me crazy he's like shaking it up like trying to pry it open like fucking idiot i've ever met in my life you don't know what the fuck that is that could have been a bomb anything yeah and then and he then puts he, it up to the no his nose and he's like it's the odor it has it he's like odorless yeah he's like that's not necessary who knows how many he fucking infected just with that shit yeah 
which I forget the guy's name, but he's been in a lot of movies as a creepy I, motherfucker too. Yeah, he uh, has the perfect creepy face. He either plays a cop or a serial killer. The way his face looked whenever he opened it to show him like it has no odor, the look on his face, I was like, that motherfucker, like real deal is yeah, crazy. He's into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, of course, he goes to uh, stop him and the cops shoot him. Yeah. So he literally this watched This is the his- first movie that Bruce Willis dies in. Really? Yep. But does he, though? Because he's there watching it as a kid. Yeah, he hasn't died yet because he's a kid. Exactly. So did he really die? Yeah, he died. In the future? In the past. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Such a mind fuck. <laughs> um, so the girl, the lady looks around and sees Bruce Willis as a kid. Mm-hmm. And somebody told somebody was talking about it and they're like, why didn't she go over there Warning. and like, that's what like, I thought she was going to write him a message or whatever. But when I was watching the movie, I, the, the thing that I got was she's like, it's going to happen no matter what. There's no changing the past. That's I think what, that's what she, that's, that's what I kind of read on her face was because like, he whispers something into her ear. And I think that's what he's whispering is that's me over there. Like I'm the kid over there. Mm-hmm. Or tell him or whatever. Like, stop the fucking cycle, I think is what he was telling her. And then she just doesn't. Yeah. She just lets it go. Right. So it's kind of like a thing of, like, it was it was a destiny or it was a fate. You know, like, you can't change it. Mm-hmm. She didn't change it. They didn't change it. They got all the pieces. They did all that. And I think that's what kind of, it hurts about it. Because, like, it doesn't have a happy ending. Mm-mm. You know, so if you're one of those type of people, like, it, it does fuck that up. Uh Cause you feel bad for him, man. You know he goes through a lot through this fucking movie for nothing. Exactly. You want him to save the day, but literally no growth as a character. Like literally, all he did was find out that he wasn't insane, and it still didn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you look at it like that, it's a fucking terrible movie. Like, but <laughs> it is well made, well acted, and I enjoyed it. It was a good ride. Did you? It was. Uh, um, I was scared you were gonna hate it because it's you- it's one of those movies. Like if you'd given it to me before we did this. Like I would have probably have hated it. Um, but like Janelle, just like being able to appreciate other parts of filmmaking, you know, like the imagery and, and like I said, man, well, I'm glad you watched the documentary too. Well, some of it, but right. you see what like went into the actual like making of the movie and all the hardships they had to go through and stuff like that. So, and it was cool just to see what Terry Gilliam was like, you know, mm-hmm. cause it does play a lot into how this movie is made. Like, his style and stuff. Well, I'm glad I watched the documentary because I really got an insight into Terry Gilliam as a person. And I'm kind of a little obsessed with him now. Right. Like I've seen all a lot of his movies and I want to go and watch the ones that I haven't seen like the Fisher King and some others. So I'm going to dive more into his filmography, which it's going to play into because I have Brazil. I bought it Mm. and I wanted to get back to lesser known movies by popular directors. I think Terry Gilliam is a pretty popular director, but I think Brazil is the one that gets forgotten about because it's his like first quote unquote film. It is his first. Yeah. So So. is it lesser known or first known? (laughs) Well, it was either that or Fisher King, but you've seen Fisher King. So, right. But it's been like this. It's been forever. That's true. I'm pretty sure it's got Jeff Bridges in it. And uh, Robin Williams. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been fucking forever. I would I would do Fisher King, too. Yeah. One or the other. I'll one. watch them both, and I'll pick which one I'll do next, so. Yeah, because I thought about that, man. I fucking love Robin Williams. Like, I watched a thing about him the other day mm-hmm. about how uh, Christopher Nolan did him dirty. He just wanted to be in a fucking Batman movie, and they wouldn't <laughs> let him. Like... 
Yeah, but it's his vision, and Robin Williams is a very, like... Joel Schumacher, like, Warner Brothers went to him and said, look, we want you to play the Riddler in the movie. Or, no, no, no. First, they went to him, and they said, we want you to be the Joker. And he was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Like, hell yeah. But they wanted Jack Nicholson. They went to Jack Nicholson first. Mm -hmm. And Jack Nicholson said, nah, man, I just don't see myself doing that. Right. So the second time, they go back to Jack Nicholson and said, well, Rob Williams has already agreed. And then Jack said, fuck it, you ain't gonna let him get it. And, he, and that's what made Jack Nicholson do it. So fast forward five years from there, Joel Schumacher's running shit now. And he goes to Ron Williams and he's like, man, I would love to have you as the Riddler. And he's like, fuck, I'll do it for nothing, man. Like, oh, I've always wanted to play in a movie, in a, in a Batman movie, especially because I didn't know this at the time, but Ron Williams was a huge comic book fan. Oh, I didn't know that. Would read comics when they were taking breaks, you know, shit like that. Oh, that's super. That's kind of sad now that he died and he didn't get to play in a Batman movie. He it actually kind of breaks he my heart. He didn't be in any superhero movie. Right. Which really fucking sucks because he said, he's like, I would have done Marvel. I would have done anything if they gave me a chance, you know. Yeah. How do you not fucking let Rob Williams be in a movie, dude? Like, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he wanted to do it. But then Warner Brothers wanted Jim Carrey. Because Jim Carrey had had like two big, big years. Yeah. And they were like, nah, man, Jim Carrey's hot as fish grease. Like, we're going to use him. So they gave it to Jim Carrey. Jules Schumacher said, uh, well, I want Jim Carrey too. So they, they went with Jim Carrey. Got fucked him out of it again. So then, fast forward to 2008. They're getting ready to make The Dark Knight. And they're saying that the Riddler could possibly be one of the villains they do. Rob Williams called Christopher Nolan himself and was like, I don't give, or no, he did an interview with some magazine and he said, I'm using this as an ad. Chris, please put me in a Batman movie. I don't care. Just make me some crazy old fucking Arkham. I don't, I don't, I'll do it for free. And he never got to be in one, bro. Like who does that, bro? Who doesn't give, <laughs> and he even put him in insomnia. Like they worked together, bro. Like, oh yeah, they did, didn't they? I'm saying like, damn, Chris, you couldn't do that for that man. Like <laughs> shit, dude. Ah, uh, that's sad. That is, dude. I'm Kinda just like, breaks man, my heart fuck. Like, but yeah, dude, I just thought that was crazy. Like, who doesn't use Robin Williams for something, bro? Like, I would have had him play four villains in that right. shit. You know what I'm saying? He would have been great. Because um, I think he would have killed any of those roles, man. Agreed, yeah. he. I think the Riddler would have been better just because of the way he could play a character. His acting, yeah, his over-the-top. The Joker, I mean, that's like a level of crazy. I'm not saying he couldn't have got there, but it would have probably been a little too slapsticky. What if he would have, like, really buckled down and, like, really transformed the Joker into, you know, that character? I mean, it's hard to say because, I mean, in 89, like, Joker, the way Nicholson did it was, like, the most hardcore way anybody had ever done it. Mm -hmm. So, if he goes harder than that... Maybe you got something because I mean, until he did it in 08, man, I don't think anybody did it right. I was gonna, I was trying to think like you have one hour photo, so he has the creepy factor. Oh, he could do it, but uh, then yeah. you like get that like a little bit of silly zaniness and mix those two together. Uh, that's a that's why I, that's why I thought his Riddler would be better because he could use a little bit of that uh comedy, mm -hmm. like Jim Carrey, you know, he went. To, in my opinion, he went all comedy. Yeah. Like, he didn't try to keep it serious fucking at all. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like Robert Williams would have done a good job of bringing both sides. Yeah. The insanity 
and the humor. It would have been a very interesting performance. But the one thing about this documentary, or Terry Gilliam, he kind of gave you gave me an insight on how Hollywood Hollywood works. Mm. Like they take uh, an actor that's hot, they take a director that's hot, and then they get a script that's kind of been floating around that they're interested in doing, and they kind of put them all together. Mm. He's like, they don't care if they're going to work. They just put them together because that's what's going to put butts in seats. We already got them retained, so yeah. we already got the rights. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. This is one of those ones, man, that is kind of like a perfect storm in that aspect. Like, I don't know if you could put this movie out at a different time and it work. Mm-mm. I don't know what this movie made at the box office or whatnot. It's a huge cult following. I was going to say, I'd say cult following probably is where we're at now with it, yeah. but I don't remember it being like a super like, well, there's a lot of fun facts. You want to knock these out, or do you want to give your rating, or what? You give me some fun facts, man. Yeah, I mean, we I've talked touched on some of these. Terry Gilliam was afraid that Brad Pitt wouldn't be able to pull off the nervous, rapid speech. He sent him to a speech coach. In the end, he just took away Brad Pitt's cigarettes, and Brad Pitt played the part exactly as he wanted. Um, Didn't want the Bruce Willis cliches. Yeah. Including the steely blue-eyed look. <laughs> yeah, this is where, although never addressed in the film, it takes place in year 2035. But yeah, he took a slower salary. This is where he says he didn't get paid until after the movie. Uh, they'd said something about him taking a lot more than his last. Yeah, he took way less. Um, I actually talked about most of these, so never mind. Oh, this is the uh, the hamster effect <laughs> mm. that he got so thick that this shot should have taken five minutes, but it took all day because he was so obsessed with uh, trying to get the shot. Oh, making the blood look real? No, making the hamster run on the, the wheel. Oh. Uh, like Bruce Willis knocked yeah. it out of the park all day, but the fucking hamster wouldn't. Wouldn't run. Wouldn't run. So he <laughs> took all day on a shot that should have taken five minutes. Oh, this is the funny one. The tagline originally suggested the film was the future is in the hands of a man who has none. This was considered to be confusing tagline as it made it to sound like he he had no hands. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad they didn't go with that. Yeah, me too. Um, the fate of the future rests in the man that doesn't have one. That would make a little more sense. Yeah. Uh, You know, not in the (laughs) hands of one that doesn't have hands. (laughs) Um, but yeah, well, I touched on most of these, so that's anyway. Awesome. But what do you rate Twelve Monkeys? I thought about this long and hard, man, and I knew that you were gonna give me shit if I said seven. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven six. Seven six. Seven six. It, like I said, it's not an eight because I'm not gonna like, keep revisiting it. But it was well enough made that I would watch it again. And like I said, uh, I feel this is one of those movies that kind of lives in your head. Like yeah. You always think about it every once in a while. This is one of them slow burns, kind of like how it was when we did uh, um, the Korean one, the uh, Parasite? old boy. Oh, old boy. Like at first I wasn't really like, but then like the more I thought about it, I was just like, fuck, I like that part. And oh, that was cool. And then, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's one of those ones that you think about it. So yeah, seven, six with the possibility of going up in the future. Yeah. So if I watch it again and I still enjoy it as much, then it could be an eight. <laughs> but for right now, it's, right a, now, it's a strong three. seven, six. Mine is, this is 
childhood favorite, still one of my favorites, highly recommended. I, I praise this movie to death. I love everything about it. If you think you've seen all the sides of Bruce Willis's acting, you haven't. <laughs> and this right here is like, he takes it to school, man. Yeah, I'm glad we're doing his like otter films mm-hmm. instead of his like generic, you know, action films. I uh, I really enjoyed the fifth element because, like I said, when he's on, man, he's he, was, he was like, there's a reason why I loved him for so long. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and it really reminds me because I, I, I've talked shit about Bruce Willis on this podcast, but doing these movies has made me realize, like, back in the day, I loved Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. He was like one of the first superheroes for me. Like, you know, as a kid, like Michael Jordan was a superhero to me, fucking Batman. Uh, Robin Williams and then like Bruce Willis like those were like and uh, Arnold right you know Sly like those were like real life superheroes to me like they could do anything be anybody like and that's how Bruce Willis was to me growing up because he was diehard he was fifth element he was a space cowboy he could do whatever fuck he wanted you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and uh, this is one of those movies that just shows that why he's a goat why he's an all-timer um since you brought up Michael Jordan, I sent you the Instagram thing of Joe Rogan where he changed Michael Jordan's head to his head for promotional things. Mm. And I was kind of bothered by it. And I don't know why. I think because he's white. Not that he's white, but I feel like Michael Jordan is a goat. Mm-hmm. And I guess Joe Rogan is a goat as podcasting, but I just don't think they're on the same level. I mean, in the respective fields, they are, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, who's putting up more numbers than Joe Rogan? Nobody. Who put up more numbers than Jordan? Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, I don't know. It's it kind of bothered me. Like, I if mean, somebody else did it. I was going to say, that's what's bothering you. The fact that he put it on himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like he was like, oh, look what I saw on the internet the other day. Like, this is what people think of me. Yeah. It's like, no, no, I did it. Yeah, I put my head on Michael Jordan, so I think I'm as good as he is. And I know he does that with movies, though. Like, he just takes random movies, replaces his face, like, whatever. But the Michael Jordan one, like, rubbed me the wrong way. I get it. I mean, it's different when you anoint yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's probably what it is. He just anointed himself as being as good as him, so. That's why a lot of old heads don't believe LeBron is the greatest of all time, because he said it himself. Mm. When I won that championship in Cleveland, that's when I knew I was the greatest of all time. But you don't say it, though. Yeah. You let us say it. Right, right, right. You know, it takes the sting out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why you have to be humble. Well, I mean, it's like, here's the one I always I always play around with with people. If Heath Ledger doesn't die in 2008, don't get me wrong, the Joker performance is still fucking phenomenal. But does it still hold that weight that it does to this day? Because people think back on it, and they're like, man, that motherfucker did such a good job. He fucking killed himself like that, that's how good he did it you know like he went into that headspace and couldn't get out of it that's like how that's how hard he went you know if he doesn't die though does it still you know I, what I'm saying I wonder about that too because uh the 27 like some of those kids died so young age 27 it's like if they didn't die would they still be considered as great like Jimi Hendrix Kurt Cobain is Kurt a big Cobain. one for me because, like, yeah, Nirvana's albums and they're held in such high regard. If that guy has another twenty years of music, do we still give a fuck? Right. You know what I mean? I think about that a lot, actually. As much as I love Tupac and Biggie, I, unfortunately, like best case scenario, they're like Snoop's. They dropped a couple hits later on. And they're like an ambassador for hip hop, and 
you know, they're just, you know, everybody loves Snoop Dogg. Everybody knows Snoop Dogg. Like, mm-hmm. is Tupac and them at that level? Like, oh, everybody loves Tupac. Everybody's, you know, or, or, or are these poor guys, like, are we well, seeing them on Celebrity Fucking Fitness? Well, or, I guess Eminem is a good, you know, he, like, if he would have died after Marshall Mathers, God, he would be on a pedestal. You couldn't knock him off. But that fact that he's still alive, putting out music, and don't get me wrong, I right. think he still has chops, but, you know, that's obviously not as good as Slim Shady and Marshall Mathers, but... I think it just depends, because some people still say his new albums are better than his old ones. I think it just depends on what what, what type, generation you're from. Well, yeah. that and what type of Marshall Mathers you're a fan of, because mm-hmm. now he's getting so intricate with the lyrics and, you know, real, the people that are a fan of lyricism and, and stuff. People really like his newer ones than his... Some, some people do. Really? And then, like I said, I think it's all about your age. Like, you, you know, we came up in the first generation of Marshall Mathers. Yeah, sixth grade. I was listening to Slim Shady and I was I blown my, away. I bleached my fucking hair blonde because of this <laughs> I dude. I did too. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even give a shit. Like, right. what are you going to say? Yeah. Coolest dude on fucking earth has this haircut. I guess we'll never know. But, um. But it's just the same thing. It's like that st- that longevity, that staying power. Like they're legends because of the fact that they went so hard and died so young. But like, if they have the longevity with it, does it still mean as much? Yeah, I guess we'll never know because you know. Because I mean, I look at other movies that Heath Ledger's in, and he's great in some of them. You know, I mean, there's not a one movie that you'll see. Oh, Heath Ledger phoned that shit in. This is true. But oh, uh, the Imaginarium, Doctor Parnassus. Yes, Terry Gilliam did it as well. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah. That's another one that like I feel like it would have been a much better movie if he'd got to finish it because you know it was cool it was very noble Johnny Depp and Jude Law and you know and Colin Farrell doing all that for his kid you know like that's cool that they stepped in and they found a way to like wrap it up but the movie is much better before guys obviously right you know, agreed because they throw that last scene in with him at the end to like kind of like make you feel like he was there the whole time but mm-hmm. it just it didn't work for me yeah um me and my wife when we watched it we just kind of looked at each other like it's so sad you know because you like you know why it's the way it is and like i don't know man like i was still riding high off of his joker <laughs> so like it was just super sad i remember not enjoying watching the movie at all yeah christopher Plummer's in that one too right but like uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, like fucking phenomenal. I love man. that movie. And it's just a fucking. It's one of the best rom-coms of all time. Agreed. Straight up. Yeah. Um, Night's Tale, even though it's horribly historically inaccurate. I've never seen it. I love it. Do it's you? so funny. It's such a good movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's movies that he did that. I mean, even Brokeback Mountain, even though while it's not a movie that I'm a huge fan of because of subject matter, but. It's a still acts his fucking ass. It's an amazing movie. Yeah, him and Jake Gyllenhaal both. I mean, there's a reason they won Oscars for that shit. You know what I mean? Like they they act their fucking asses off. You watch it? I have seen it. Yes. I I didn't know if you ever watched it before. I was just curious. I wasn't going to, but my mom suckered me into that shit one night. Oh, I see. uh, When it came out a while back, but I was like, "Is this the one about the gay cowboy?" She was like, (laughs) "There's more to the movie than them being gay." I was like, not really. It's kind of the movie. It's kind of like what happens is like these guys are together so fucking long. They're just like, I'm going to (laughs) fuck. Cause they got hot ass wives. You know what I'm saying? And they like, they were just like these ugly fucking chuds. They couldn't get nobody. Right. Yeah, man. Ranching's hard when you're not butt fucking your partner. Like, I don't know, man. Like, Oh man. 
Um, I don't want to be insensitive to anybody or anything, but like, if you love that movie, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm proving the point of it is a good movie, but just not one for me. But yeah, it's not for everybody. You don't have to like everything. But Heath Ledger, like I said, I stick by that fact. Like he's never phoned in a movie, but it it does. It makes for an interesting conversation because would his Joker still be held in such high regard? Yeah, I would just be curious to see what he did afterwards. Like the movie, the kind of roles he would be taking nowadays. And do you, do you, does he do it again? Would he have done the Joker again? Not because supposedly in Dark Knight Rises, when Bane breaks everybody out of prison, there was supposed to be a scene with him mm-hmm. escaping. So, you know, like leaves it open, like, you know, if he'd ever done Well, it he again. had to rewrite the whole third movie because Heath Ledger passed away. Right. And he wanted to pay his respects, so he wrote him out of the movie. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you know, that would have been shitty. Oh, yeah. It's only two years, but... uh yeah, it's just one of those things like we'll never know. No, nah, we'll never know. Or like River Phoenix, like that kid, you know, he killed every movie he was in until he died at 17 or 16, whatever it was, you know. And that's even more insane, bro, that Joaquin Phoenix was the less talented brother yeah. in that family. Right. And then look at all the shit he's gone on to do since then, you know. Mm-hmm. There's, know. A, there's a few of his movies I want to check out that I haven't seen. River Phoenix? No, uh, Joaquin. Oh, yeah. Like, he's done some, like, weird roles. Did you hear that the Joker 2 might be a musical? I've heard so many weird things. And they were going to pick Lady Gaga to play Harley. Fuck it. I'm not saying I'm, like, 100% opposed to it, but you know how I feel about musicals. Like, but Joaquin <laughs> can fucking sing, though. Right. I love Walk the Line. He killed that shit. Agree. I do love um, that. He fucking sounds just like Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that he can't do it. It's just, I don't know how I'll feel about it. I don't think I want a Joker musical, though. Right? Like, it kind of takes some of the sting away from the character. Silly. It makes it, like, because the first Joker was so serious and so down to earth and so realistic, to make it a musical just takes takes it to another level that silly. I've heard mixed on it, because when, when that Joker movie first came out, I feel like everybody loved the fuck out of it, but then... Now, like, the longer it's been, I feel like people are starting to be like, eh, it's not that great. It's just because they keep talking about how it's like Taxi Driver and uh, King of Comedy, like, meshed together and put a Joker face on it. I don't care. I still love the fucking movie. I've watched it three times, and I'll go back and watch it again. The Descent to Madness story is, like... My forte. Yeah, yeah. and but I'm just saying, like, what better character than the Joker represents that? 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, falling down maybe be, like, the only other instance that's like just as good Mm -hmm. but like it's always a story that like you've read comics through the years they've always hinted at it went at it but now we fucking saw it yeah like we really saw it and it wasn't the fucking dumped in a bat of chemicals like they this dude literally just broke the fuck down (laughs) yeah i loved it i thought it was genius i love it too it's still top favorite movies i've always thought joaquin was a goat but that one to me put put the cement in for sure Mm-hmm. Show me these movies you got over here. So I uh, was watching a YouTube about these guys and their favorite directors, and they put them on tier lists. And a cup, um, one director that kept coming up that they praised that they love. I've never seen it. It's a Japanese director called uh, Takashi Meeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but that's how I'm. As my white American person is gonna pronounce it. So American? I. American, yes. So I went and bought a couple, well, a few of his movies, actually. So his 
most famous movie is Audition. Like people praise this movie as one of the best movies ever made. Like, so I want to watch that. And then they had a trilogy, the Black Society trilogy. That's three different movies. But they're all done by him. Yes. Uh, I can't pronounce some of these names, so I'll just leave it at that. But you know, I had a little extra money, so I figured I would dive into his movies and check them out, and maybe we'll do them on the podcast. Maybe not. I'm not sure, but. I had a chance to buy two steel, uh, steel books today, and I didn't do it. Why didn't you? Because the movies that they were. What were they? Fast and the Furious 6, <laughs> which I own on regular DVD, and I don't even know why I own that. I think it's just because I like, say I own them all. And then the other one was a movie that I already have on Blu-ray, but I didn't feel like I needed a steel book for it. It was uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I got it on Blu-ray. I was like, I don't need the steel book in that. And they weren't a dollar. They were two bucks. And I was like, eh. yeah, you're going to pass them up. Have you ever seen Hacksaw Ridge? I tried. Because mm-hmm. everybody always says it's such a great fucking movie. And I love Clint Eastwood as a director. Like, you know what I mean? Got guys I like in it. Vince Vaughn. Jones. I can't stand Andrew Garfield, though. I've never been a fan of his. I'm not. I can't say that I am either. But they did a steelbook release of it, and it goes so hard, and I want it. But I'm like, I don't know if I even like this movie. I just really like the way the steelbook looks. It's got a good story. And I mean, it's based on a true story and all that. Like, that's cool about it. But I've just never been a fan of his, man. I didn't like his Spider-Man. I didn't like him in Dr. Parnassus. Like, I I, I can't think of one movie that he's in. I'm just like, wow, this guy made this fucking movie. That's true. Yeah, I have those actors, too. But some people, you know, they love Andrew Garfield. That's my favorite Spider-Man. Eh, calm down, kid. <laughs> I was in that fucking weird place when his came out because I was an adult, but I wasn't like as big into the Marvel shit as I am now. So like Tobey Maguire is my childhood. That's my Spider-Man. Yeah. And I feel like Tom Holland's done a phenomenal fucking job as Spider-Man. So like he's right up there with me as far as like, you know, the nostalgia is the only thing that keeps Topher, uh, Toby ahead. Right. But his. So good. Because I grew up watching the Spider-Man cartoon. So I was very yes, like, yes. I very much like had how I liked Spider-Man. And I feel like Tom Holland like. Kills it. He does. He the, brought it to life. The teenage angst. All of it, man. The, the sass. The nervousness. The, the, the outdated. The cool. What he calls old is like our childhood. Like, I loved all that. Mm-hmm. Y'all ever seen that really old movie, Aliens? I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> like, that's awesome. You know? And then Tony's like, how old young is this kid? He's like, he's on the youngest side. What? Like, <laughs> I saw this one for the super old movie. And he does the Empire Strikes Back to fucking Ant-Man. And right. <laughs> how old is this kid, Tony? <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I mean, and then like the first Amazing Spider-Man he did wasn't terrible. I thought it was a good villain. Had some cool shit in it. Second one, though, when they turned Electro blue, you know, like I knew we were fucked. Really? Yeah, I knew it was in like Paul Giamatti playing the rhino. I'm like, that actually sounds kind of cool until I heard that it was a mechanical rhino. And it's like five minutes. He's literally five minutes in the front and the five fucking two minutes in the back of it. Yeah. Fuck. And then the Green Goblin was a kid with fucking fangs and like long nails that just didn't feel like cutting them or whatever. Hated that. Um, yeah, man, I just I was not a fan of those. Yeah, I didn't watch them because I didn't hear good things and I just didn't care enough. But I will say this when they put him in in No Way Home, they did a cool little 
way of meshing them all together. Yes, agreed. Because I would have felt bad if they left them out. Because, you know, you were into Spider-Man movies. Like, I mean, yeah, you were the character. And and I think he did a good yeah. job in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, he didn't have to do much. But what he did, and then they gave him this sweet little moment where he saves MJ. Right. You know, it's like, oh, I couldn't save Gwen. You know, like, that was cool. So, like I said, I got no complaints out of that one. But now they're talking about maybe bringing it back to put him in a Sony movie. Because they need a Spider-Man. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, don't know if that's good. <laughs> They're making a Craven movie, bro, with Aylor, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who looks absolutely nothing like fucking Cra- Victor or uh, Craven the Hunter. Oh yeah, I'm glad you keep me updated on this stuff because I don't keep I know, myself I updated. But there's so many uh, good superhero movies that are coming out or about to come out. Maybe they come out. Now I've heard the Flash. They may just make it a HBO Max release. This is the, the backlash from Ezra. And then they're like, oh, there was a dude that was, I was talking on the podcast, man. I forget what his name is, but he was talking about how everybody's still wanting them to bring back the Snyderverse. He's like, how can you bring back the Snyderverse if you can't use Ezra Miller or Amber Heard? It's called recasting, you fucking idiot. Like <laughs> They've done it in plenty of movies. They've done it in literally every superhero movie ever, dog. Yeah. Eventually, somebody has to be replaced. Yeah. Because of age or fucking don't want to do it no more or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, bro, you can fucking go forward with different people. You don't have to just fucking say fuck the whole universe because these right. two people can't. Yeah. As much as I like Henry Cavill as Superman. If he can't do it anymore, it won't do it anymore, or they won't let him. I can be okay with another Superman. John Hamm. Anybody. Same thing with Batman. As much as I liked Ben Affleck. You could change, like, that's the one thing we're noticing about Batman, is there's so many iterations. Dude, you could the, change them out with anybody. Seven, dude, and not only that, but in comic books, they give you the fucking go-ahead to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Because there's different universes that's a problem there's a multiverse right it could be batman from fucking here or batman from over there or it doesn't matter you it's comic books it's all fucking made up you can do whatever you want like that's what pisses me off now is i get it you have the shared universe and all that but there's ways around all of that shit yeah they're getting so hung up on these like actors and i don't see why i just i don't know man i don't think you should let dumb shit like that stop you from telling a story you want agreed and I know it, it's the, 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 all the fanboys are going to fucking, who cares, bro? Let them be mad. You can change everything in that fucking movie. I guarantee you the real comic book fans are going to go see it anyways. Yeah. Even if they know it's going to fucking suck. Mm-hmm. They have to witness it for themselves to believe it. Right. I saw Morbius. Had to. <laughs> I knew it was going to be shit. Like, I just felt it. You know what I'm saying? But I knew it was going to be bad, but it became like a meme at how bad it was. It got re-released in theaters. That's how much they made fun of that fucking Did I movie. tell you about that one meme somebody made? And I fucking died laughing yeah. about uh, Darth Maul yeah. holding the double lightsaber. Yeah. And it says uh, on one side of it, it has the Suicide Squad. On the other side of it, it has Morbius. And then it says, um, what's his name? The actor. Oh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto making the two worst of uh, the worst movie in each universe. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Suicide Squad's the worst though. If I'm if, in the DC universe, I think Birds of Prey was was worse than Suicide no, Squad. No, Birds of Prey was fun. Like Birds I, of Prey was fun. Like, but I was be honest. Like, if you take out Harley Quinn and you take out uh, Ewan McGregor's 
black mask. That's not a. There's that's nothing not in that argument. movie that's worth the fuck. That's not an argument. You can't just take things out of a movie and be like, yeah, it would be a lot shitter if you. Yeah, it would be shitty if you took the fun things out of it. I'll just say it, man. I'd like Suicide Squad. I like the first one. I like the second one more, but I think the first one's good, too. Like, I think Will Smith played a fucking phenomenal Deadshot in that movie. Um, I like the guy that played Killer Croc. I, there's parts of that movie that I love. I would love to see that air cut. I just, I can't say that Birds of Prey is worse than. The I do, I Suicide I, Squad. When I watch them, if I watch them, the, the whole thing, I still feel like I enjoy Suicide Squad more than I do really? Birds of Prey. That's surprising. Birds of Prey was one of those ones that like I saw it in theaters, and then like I bought it, and I've watched it once since I bought it. Like mm-hmm. I barely made it through the second time watching it. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but there are a lot of things I like about it. I just have more fun with it than I do Suicide Squad. And I'm not saying I absolutely hate Suicide Squad because there are things I do like about it. But if I'm putting it up against all the DC movies, it's yeah, it's probably the worst one. I mean, that or uh, Man of Steel. I love Man of Steel. Or Man. Uh, Batman vs. Superman. That's probably the worst one to me. It's definitely the longest fucking one. That's the one I hated the most. I like the extended cut of it, though. Like, I feel like if you're going to go, if you're going to take three hours to tell the movie, just take another half hour if that's what you did, because that's the great part of Snyder Cut and all that to me. Yeah. I'll love the four hour shit. Maybe. But that's the thing with Zack Snyder. You got to give him three hours or it's it's not going to get done. This is true. But. But that is an interesting topic, though, because it is very close. I mean, they're both not great. I don't know. I think it just comes down to personal preference at that yeah. point. Which is worse? Leave in the comments. Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad? Or Birds of Prey? No, nah, Birds of Prey. Well, yeah. It's That's throw- what we originally were arguing about. <laughs> Suicide Squad versus Birds of Prey. But it is still funny because it's true, though. Like, it is arguably one of the worst, but nobody's arguing that it's the worst Marvel movie. Like, everybody agrees that that's the worst fucking Marvel movie ever made. <laughs> Which is true, because I can't think of anything. I don't know, man. The The... The second Fantastic Four is not great either, but that's Fox. So, but we're talking Sony too. Yeah, if we're talking about Marvel, Disney. Yeah, it's a lot harder. Uh, even though I didn't think Eternals was the best movie, but I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. That much. I heard it's pretty crap. Pretty crap. But it's for one, it's it's characters that you're not real familiar with. So, like, unless you have something really fucking cool, like a really great story. You know, and I just didn't feel like the story was that, you know, and then like the whole thing, like they've been here the whole time. So you fucking could have helped this whole fucking time. <laughs> and you didn't. Yeah, I can't speak on it because I haven't seen them. I'm just going off what other people said. So, but I mean, yeah, but most of them fucking. Yeah. And MCU was. Uh, did you finish Ozark? No, I need to. Have I you have, been working on it? I was going to. And then I just haven't. <laughs> Well, I had to watch Twelve Monkeys last night, so it kind of threw through my my free TV. You throw a off. monkey in your rent, uh, a wrench, uh, th- yeah, a monkey like, wrench in your gears. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that up. <laughs> uh, I was going to talk about that Netflix thing, but I'll leave it till the next episode because we've been going kind of long. So I was going to say this is oh, you didn't tell me normal. what uh, what your next pick was. Yeah, I was getting to that man. Oh, okay. Um, to shout out to my boy Jay Raw, he's been asking me to do this movie for a while, so we're gonna do Fanboys. Ah, finally! Yeah, we're gonna. You've been talking boys. about it for so long. I know, man. It's <laughs> the long-awaited episode. We're gonna do Fanboys. All right. <laughs> well, until then, later, y'all. <laughs> later.